When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, it's Saturday, so we're getting into the mailback, but we also got news that Nikola Vucevic and the Chicago Bulls are expected to work out a contract extension during training camp, and I know a lot of you guys are not going to like that. We'll get into all that and more on today's Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So I have an update that I literally cannot wait. I, you know, this has been a summer of just I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna lie to you guys that between the non-maxers that then Zach Levine ended up getting in his max contract, the anti-Vooch people who Vooch now apparently per Joe Cowley will be working out an extension with the Chicago Bulls um, during training camp. It's just, uh, listen, it, it, it's amazing to see, right? You hear all the people, even when we did the weakest link, oh, Vooch is actually the weakest link, things like that. But per per, per Joe Cowley, Nikola Vucevic and the Chicago Bulls are uh, going to be on the negotiating table uh, for uh, a contract extension. Now, the key thing in with this, right, I do not have any doubts that this extension is going to get done. It just depends on what the number is that this contract extension is go- is going to get, right? And so the way that I looked at this and the way that I've I've kind of tried to look at what and how this extension is going to work out is that I look at other centers that are similar to Nikola Vucevic around the similar age, that type of thing, and what they get paid. So right now, Brooke Lopez gets paid $13 million a season. And then you have Al Horford, again, kind of around that area of, of Nikola Vucevic's age and similar type production. Um, who gets paid $26 million. Now, Al Horford is on the back end of a four-year contract extension that he did sign with the Philadelphia 76ers before then being traded. Um, So it's a little bit different of a situation for Al Horford. I think he was in a completely different situation and with a team that was motivated to give him money to pair him next to uh, Joel Embiid um, that they end up trading him with. But considering Nikola Vucevic and the Chicago Bulls and where he's at, Nikola Nikola Vucevic, 32 years old in October, um, so he'll be 33 years old when this extension kicks in. What is that number going to look like? Now, we did talk about this a little bit over on Locked on Bulls as well. Um, but, you know, it's going like I, I would say this, right? Looking at it, could it be somewhere in the $20 million range? Yes. But if Nikola Vucevic is re-signing with the Chicago Bulls, I do think that he may give a, a bit of a discount knowing what they're trying to build out there, him being in the team, being in that culture. Like I said as well, looking at uh, uh, players around him with similar production. Now, Al Horford is 36 years old. Nikola Vucevic is 32. Brooke Lopez is 34. So they're both considerably older than Nikola Vucevic. 
So I think like that's a good range to look at players around. Them. Even if you want to throw in like a Jonas Valanciunas, he's at $14 million. Yusuf Nurkic, who's a much younger player with $15 million. Uh, Mitchell Robinson as well, very young, 24 years old. He signed a contract for $17 million this offseason. Uh, Miles Turner, who will also be a free agent next season with possibly Nikola Vucevic as this contract extension was assigned. He's right around $18 million a year right now going into uh, the 2022-23 season. So I do think that Nikola Vucevic can and will probably sign a contract extension uh, worth about annually, probably about 17 and a half to $18 million a year. Now, I know I was hoping that he would give the Bulls a little bit more of a, of a discount, but looking at his production, the fact that he's still top in, in every statistical category for, for his position in the top three to five, uh, eight and some, so three to eight in every statistical category for his position, I'm thinking around $18 million. I'm looking at a contract extension for Nikola Vucevic around three years, $55 million is what I think. I don't think they're going to get go anything super long-term, but that's what I'm expecting Nikola Vucevic to get. Now, do they front load that contract to where it becomes less every year after that? Do they um, start it off at a base and then it rises every year? That's the type of thing that I think they're going to negotiate, but I do think both sides are very motivated to get this deal done per Joe Cowley and that it's going to get done. Now, how does that, how is that, what type of reaction is that going to get from Chicago Bulls fans? That's the thing that I can't wait to see. I take, listen, I take joy in Bulls fans who just listen to narratives, who don't actually watch games, who just look at the stat sheet, who try to, like, I take joy in this. But, it, you know, Nikola Vucevic is a, is a definitely a player who I wouldn't mind sticking around, looking at his game. His game is not based off athleticism. He has a solid back-to-the-basket game. Even if his three-point shooting does decline, he offers enough passing and scoring down low-wise to where it can it, he can still be a very effective player for the majority. Now, if it starts getting past three, four, five, into that four or five-year range on the contract extension, that is where I start saying, uh, you may be doing a little bit too much there, AK. But a two- three-year type contract, maybe a one-and-one, maybe two-and-one, where the last year is an option for the player. That's what I'm kind of expecting for the Chicago Bulls when it comes to Nikola Vucevic. Now, we'll see how it ends up working out. This is reported, like I said, by Joe Cowley, who, you know, while we have had our disagreements, was the first one to report early in the season to expect Zach Levine to get knee surgery as well in the offseason. It ended up happening. So we'll see how that ends up working out. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, Now, there is an option as well that they could extend the deal only one year, right? And then make a player option for the 24-25 season. So that's that one and one that I talking I was talking about. Now that could make uh sense for the Chicago Bulls, considering uh that would that would um that would free up space earlier for the Chicago Bulls. Um so we'll we'll see. We'll see. I I really do think that you know this deal is gonna get gonna get done. I do think that with the money that Nikola Vucevic is probably gonna resign for, it'll be an easy contract to move or include in things if a bigger deal comes uh, uh along. The keyest thing with Nikola Vucevic is that I do want to see him get back to being a 39% three-point shooter. If he does that with what he did last year for the Chicago Bulls, with maybe taking less threes but being more effective at them, it's going to be more than worth the money for the Chicago Bulls, especially considering they brought in a player like Andre Drummond to be the defensive end of him, still seeing what him and Patrick Williams can be as well together. Really excited about this. I think the deal gets done. Let me know down below, what do you think happens? What is the number that you think Nikola Vucevic re-signs for, the number and years? Let me know all that down below. Now, before we get into anything else, I do have a couple of things. We still got the mailbag we're going to get into, but I do have a couple of bit of pieces of Bulls news. So to kind of follow up on what I talked about last uh, last night or yesterday's episode and saying and asking if Andre Drummond is going to be one of the more underrated signing for the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, we had some stats come out. This is from StatMuse. Uh, you know, active centers with the most 10 point rebound per game seasons 
it's Dwight Howard at 14, Andre Drummond at, at eight, and Nikola Vucevic at eight as well. So we have two out of the top three players to get double-digit rebounds uh, for a season. Now, as well, Andre Drummond, <laughs> he has, amongst active players, he has three seasons in which he's led the NBA in rebounds per game at 16, 15.6, and 15.2. As I've been saying, and drill it to drill it home, Andre Drummond is going to be a heck of a player for the Chicago Bulls. But all right, let's go ahead. Let's get into the voicemail. This first one is from Alvin. Hey, hey, this is Alvin. I want to make two statements. One... I know people want Lonzo Ball ready for, you know, the season starting, like training camp and preseason, you know, to get acclimated to the team some more. But I honestly don't care if he doesn't finish. If he doesn't start the season, I just want him to be healthy and ready for the playoffs. Um, you know, it's not – last year it still be a testament that it's not how you start the season, it's how you finish. And I really think that – if he comes before playoffs, then we'll be fine. Another thing I want to address is that, you know, I get that Scotty Pippen is saying that the Bulls isn't ready to be a playoff team, but I think he, along with other people, is disregarding the fact that a healthy Bulls team can go a long way. And really, I really don't see us not being ready to be a playoff team. I see us going as far as, like, the second round, maybe Eastern Conference Finals. We're healthy. Uh, that's my two cents on it. Let me know what you think. Mobile, T-Red, and you have a nice day. All right, so Alvin talks about Lonzo Ball being ready by the playoffs rather than the start of the season. And while I do agree, right, is we want everybody healthy by the playoffs. I do think that is key for Lonzo Ball to be healthy also as soon as possible because of what everything he brings to the game, how he drives uh, the team in fast breaks, forcing turnovers. The team is a better team defensively when he's on the court, things like that. That is why you hear things that we want to see Lonzo Ball healthy as soon as possible. But I do agree. Lonzo being healthy more at the beginning, I mean, at the end of the season is going to be key, right? We want Lonzo healthy for the playoffs. We want him to experience the playoffs. We want to see what our team looks like having that type of shooter out there as well and what he can do. I also want to see uh, Lonzo Ball unlocked more in the half-court offense. Yes, so Lonzo Ball being healthy is going to be key for the Bulls whenever it is, but we do absolutely want to see him healthy for the playoffs. Now, as far as Scottie Pippen's comments when he comments on, the thing with Scottie's comments is the fact that he specifically said, because the Bulls don't have someone who can stop Giannis. There's nobody in the NBA that can stop Giannis. It's just that player doesn't exist. There's players who can slow him down, but I would say that the key to guarding the Bucks are stopping everything else around Giannis and kind of letting Giannis cook. Um, so I don't agree with Scotty's comments there, but I do understand them. I mean, he is, like I said, considering the type of player he was, what he competed for, I definitely understand that. But, you know, I disagree with some of it, but, you know, that, that's where I sit on it. Let me know what you guys think down below. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one is from Jamal. Hey, what's up, Hayes? It's your boy Jamal back again with another voicemail for you. Um, just calling in to give my thoughts about Kobe White. Um, of course, we've seen the article saying that Kobe has been working on you know, numerous things, specifically his ball handling and getting stronger and things like that in offseason, which is really good. Um, I just want to talk to some Bulls fans who came into this offseason with the hope that Kobe White will be traded uh, during this offseason and things like that. Um, I just need Bulls fans to understand that not everything happens at that exact moment that you want it to happen to. You want it to happen. 
Um, I know there are some fans who want Kobe White gone, and I understand why. But you got to also understand that Kobe is 22, 23 years old, um, still on a rookie scale contract. Um, he's still young, and I'm not trying to make an excuse for him that, oh, he's young, give him time. Um, but he's still young, and you could still – he's still on a very team-friendly deal. He's only making probably about $6, $7 million. That, to a lot of people, is a lot of a very team-friendly contract. Um, at this exact moment in time. Um, so, you know, why not still use him if he's going to be here and see if he can improve his trade stock a bit or whatever or something like that, or he can give you what it is that you're looking for um, if you do decide to deal him. I'm not against trading Kobe White. I like Kobe White. I wouldn't be against if we kept him, maybe signed him in the offseason to an extension. But, you know, it's going to be on Kobe to see who his worth and everything like that, um, and, and see if he's somebody worth keeping or if it's somebody who can give us a piece that can move us into that next stage. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do, um, and if they do decide to trade him or what they get back in return. You have to remember, when Lloyd Markman was ready to be traded, they didn't just trade him right away in the off season. They waited until the right deal came along where they got the best deal available and then sent him, shipped him out. Um, and that's how the uh, front office operates. They're not just going to make a trade at the first offer. They're going to sit back and really evaluate what options they have and which one is the best fit for the team, whether it means keeping him or trading him or trading him in next offseason or let him walk or whatever. So- All right, Jamal talks about Kobe White potentially being traded. Now, here's the thing. Like, and I, I like that Jamal compared it to, to Laurie Marketing, right? And it could very well be that type of deal. Now, I, I say that the Cavs making that that deal for Laurie was kind of shocking. I don't think a lot of people thought that he would have, but it kind of made sense when it was all said and done. The thing with Kobe White is, is that if Kobe is consistent, if he can work to being a consistent player, that completely changes what the offseason may look like for Kobe White. If Kobe White plays well and he stays with the Bulls for the full season and a deal is more so made in the signing trade, that completely changes it because there are going to be a lot of teams after Kobe White and probably even more interest. Now, what we've heard so far is that Kobe White is probably going to be, they're going to reassess his value by the trade deadline. Um, what I'll say is that if that does happen, considering he'll be an expiring contract, that they can get off something. If Kobe White starts, it all starts. That's what everybody should be rooting for Kobe to get minutes and be playing well, whether you want him to be traded or if you want him to stay on this team. We all should be rooting for the same thing at this point because all of that is going to lead to better assets and a better market or giving him a better chance to stick around for the Chicago Bulls if you want to see him play well and stick around. Now, yes, Kobe's still very young, 22 years old, basically the same age as Ayo Sumu. And while people still believe in the potential of Ayo Sumu, I think we, I think also, you know, we always either overvalue or undervalue our free agents. And we've seen Kobe go through so much. This is Kobe's first time having a full training camp. And shout out to him also being overseas, um, helping with the NBA in that in that uh, guard. He's currently in Australia helping with basketball without borders. But with that being said, like the Kobe White trade, how it ends up working out is going to be really interesting to see. I do think personally, I still I, I still think he's probably going to be moved. Not to say necessarily like and it depends on what they get back in the deal. But a Kobe White that's being effective. Kobe White's averages, his percentages are all great. It's just, you know, some of the games that he's not as consistent in, that he disappears in. We want to see Kobe make leaps, but a Kobe White coming off the bench for a team that doesn't have a lot of scoring, unless Ayo DeSumo or Dalen Terry show a better propensity to score than what, we may, what we've seen last season or think they're going to do in their rookie year for Dalen, Kobe White really does help this bench a lot when it comes to scoring. So I guess we'll, we'll see. It all boils down. We'll see it. It'll be proven. 
and it's up to Kobe. Kobe is in a proven year in a lot of ways, just like a lot of Bears players. Um, but we'll see what Kobe White has in store for the Chicago Bulls. We'll see what he has, and we'll see what the what cards may hold for Kobe White, whether his future is to be traded or his future is to be a Chicago Bull. But let's get into this next voicemail. This one is from a favorite, Ricky Carroll. Brother Hayes, how you doing? It's Ricky Carroll. I've been watching you for a couple weeks, and your broadcast. And um, I want to say something. First of all, let's start off with this Kevin Garnett thing. Kevin Durant, I mean. Do you know if the Bulls would have made a trade? Think about it. You give away Bulls 18 points. Maybe Monterosa, 28 points. Williams, when you say you're good for at least 14, then you had to throw Kobe in there. That's another 12 points. And all of them points up. Over 70 points a game, and you lose some really close games. So why should you trade all of that? And don't forget a first-round draft pick. You trade all of that for Kevin Durant. And just so you got other pieces there, what happens if there's one or two injuries? What happens if something happened to Kevin? Then you got to start all the way back over again, where you have to three or four years to build. And they might have would have asked for our first round draft pick, Terry. So can't you see? Well, that would have been a big mistake. It would have been a terrible mistake. Mistake, and other teams have seen this, and that's why they didn't do it. All right, Ricky goes through the details and talk about points per game and everything in the Kevin Durant trade. Uh, I'm glad that those talks have talked. I've stopped. I've always said the Bulls did not have the assets to trade for Kevin Durant. It wasn't going to happen. They didn't have enough to offer, especially when you look at like what Rudy Gobert set the market at. So because of that, like it's it's just not going to happen. Um, now what I will say with this to kind of you know talk about some things that it's not about a one for one. Trading for a player like Kevin Durant, who is a generational player, brings more players who are willing to come to the team. Yes, if you talk about points, like Rick Carroll broke down the points saying it's almost 70 points. But even with that being said, like it's more about what Kevin Durant and how the, the style of play has to change when you have a player like Kevin Durant out there. Would I be mad if the Bulls did trade Patrick Williams and, and Nikola Vucevic and whatever for Kevin Durant? Would I be mad at it? No, because guess what? It gave them a chance to have a generational player next to Zach Levine. It's not going to happen. Would I be mad at it? No. Would I think that they may be giving up too much and it may bite us in the long run? Yeah, I think that there's absolutely a possibility of that. But luckily, it's not going to happen. So we don't have to keep talking about it. The Kevin Durant thing is not going to happen. He's not going to be a Chicago Bull. The Bulls aren't going to make that move. They're not going to pull that trigger. It's not happening, people. So because of that, we get to move on. Shout out to Ricky Carroll for leaving that voicemail, though. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Shay, and I'm going to actually break this one down in a lot of detail. Let's get into this from Shay. Hey, hey, what's up? You know, I was thinking, how about since the Bulls are looking to trade away Kobe White, do you think that they should try to look into bringing P.J. Washington over? Now, I don't know if I did a hot take on this before, but I think he could help us out a lot. And plus, the Hornets aren't doing anything with him. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. All right, Shay talks about a Kobe White for P.J. Washington trade. And so in, in listening to this voicemail, I wanted to really break this down, right? So I looked at it. Let's go over P.J. Washington's uh, uh, numbers from last season. 
10.3 points per game, 5.2 rebounds per game, a field goal percentage of 47%, 36.5% from the three-point range in 27 minutes per game. He started 28 games last season, but played in 68 games overall. He has a defensive rating of 113.3 and has a PER of 13.6 and has a win share of 3.4. Now, why do I give you all that, right? Why do I give you all that? Because I always say how Bulls players either undervalue or overvalue their own players. When you look at P.J. Washington's numbers next to Kobe White's numbers, they're not that far off at all. Like, let me be clear, not that far off even a little bit. Kobe White, last season, 17 games started, 61 games played, 43% field goal percentage, 38% from three-point range um, from Kobe White, uh, 2.9 assists, three, three rebounds per game with a PER of 12.6. Now, Kobe White is a worse defensive player. Let's be, let's be clear on that, right? And defensive rating isn't everything. Let me, let me, let me honestly say that. Like I use defensive rating because I think it's a good bearer, but Kobe White's defensive rating 116. So there's a considerable difference with PJ Washington's defensive rate. And also the way that I look at it, the reason why I wouldn't be mad if the Bulls did trade Kobe White for PJ Washington is the fact that he, he's, it's more of a position of need for the Chicago Bulls. You look at PJ Washington, he can play the three slash four coming off the bench. He almost makes Derrick Jones Jr. irrelevant. He may play some center in, in Billy Donovan's offense. So I would look at the trade like while the players statistically aren't that far off, it's also at a position where we don't have as much depth because PJ Washington plays power forward. He's a 6'7, 230 pound player. So because of that, and even they were even drafted similarly, right? So like, I would not mind a swap for P.J. Washington at all. Now, one thing that Shea did say is that he doesn't seem to factor in the, the Hornets' plans. I think now that Miles Bridges is gone, they may be more keen to keep P.J. Washington to really see what he has. It's already a player that played 27 minutes per game last season, played 30 minutes per game in the two seasons before then. So I'm not necessarily ready to say that he doesn't factor into their future plans. But I do think that, you know, if they need a scoring guard, if they were interested to do, the Bulls may have to, I wouldn't give up maybe a pick swap instead of giving up a pick straight up. Uh, maybe a second round, a future second, something like that. But if the Bulls were to trade for P.J. Washington, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Like I said, what does that mean for Dalen Terry? What does that mean for like Justin Lewis, right, who is a player that we absolutely believe in? But I think you kind of just have to work that out. P.J. Washington is absolutely a player that if that deal was on the table for Kobe White for P.J. Washington straight up, I take it every day. Now, I don't know if it's going to be offered straight up, even if you do have to, like I said, include a second round. I wouldn't even include a first rounder unless it's a swap. But I don't hate that deal at all. And I do think that that is something that, again, would be a position of need for the Chicago Bulls, somebody who can come in, stretch the floor as a big, play some backup four. So I do look at that and like, I would I would then at that point think that P.J. Washington immediately gets any minutes that were going to go towards Derrick Jones Jr. And I look at also P.J. Washington as a player that, it, the versatility, he can play some three, he has played some threes. Look at his minutes, but he's played some three, not a lot, but he can play next to Vooch. Uh, he can play next to Andre Drummond. You can move Patrick Williams in some lineups back to the three, have, have P.J. Washington at the four. Yeah, it's a little bit undersized, but I do like the idea of P.J. Washington being on this team. I like it a lot, honestly. Let me know what you guys think down below. After going over everything, would you be interested in P.J. Washington coming to the Chicago Bulls for Kobe White? Let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one is from another one from Jamal. What's up, Hayes? It's your boy Jamal back again with another voicemail for you. Uh, just calling in to give my thoughts on what the interviews that uh, DeMar DeRozan gave regarding, you know, him trying to inherit the spirit and the ghost of Michael Jordan. In 2010, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh became free agents. 
and they had the decision to go anywhere they wanted to. Instead of coming to Chicago, they went down to the Miami Heat. I don't even need to do a history lesson. We know what ended up happening after that. We ended up getting called as losers. But even before then and even after then, we never, as the Chicago Bulls, we never seemed to, 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 to get the top tier free agents to want to come here. And it was always weird, you know? And there was multiple reasons why. Some of it had to do with the front office. Some of it had to do with ownership as a whole. Some of it had to do with the, a bit of the legacy of Michael Jordan, you know? And just the negative experience that the Bulls, the negative experience or reputation that the Bulls had. There were a lot of Bulls fans who weren't happy with the DeMar DeRozan signing, you know? There were a lot of them who weren't happy with Nikola Vucevic uh, being traded to the Bulls and everything, especially with what we had to give up. And I was never one of them fans. I was so geeked when we signed DeMar and Lonzo and we got Nikola Vucevic and all that because I understood what that meant, especially with the signing of what DeMar DeRozan uh, meant. <laughs> it's kind of funny. When the offseason started and DeMar DeRozan was a free agent, the reason why I was so excited about picking him up was because I really did have the thought process that he would go to Golden State. Like, DeMar, like, Draymond Green said that they recruited DeMar DeRozan, and he said, fuck no, I'm going to Chicago. I'm going to be honest with you. I really did have this mentality that DeMar was going to go to Golden State because I thought that it would be a perfect fit for him. He can play it in mid-range all he wants, and he has C.S. Smart about shooters. And he chose that. He chose Chicago over them. Golden State, which has his reputation of being a great franchise and all that, he chose the Chicago Bulls over them. That means that the Bulls are finally starting to wash away this negative image that we have throughout the league, that we can be a free agent destiny and that we can rise again from the ashes that we've been buried under for so long. And this is just great, right? And I love that Bulls fans are reacting to this DeMar DeRozan interview in the way that they have. It just makes you feel good. You know, and, and even in Jamal bringing up LeBron James, Chris Bosh, uh, 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 Dwayne Wade not deciding to come to Chicago that year. And what we, we did think that we had a good chance to walk away with one of them. And then even reportedly that there was some serious interest in Chris Bosh and uh, Dwayne Wade coming to Chicago. But it was all predetermined, right? Of them all joining up in Miami. They wanted to play together. It made sense. But like having DeMar choose to come to the Chicago Bulls over a team like the like the Golden State Warriors. And not only just choosing to come here, being effective in coming here, right? Being that player that in a Chicago Bulls uniform put up one of the best seasons of his career. It feels good. It feels damn good to have DeMar DeRozan on the team. And I've already waxed poetic about this interview myself. And it's good to hear other Bulls fans really appreciate what DeMar DeRozan means for this team, not only now, but in the future. And one thing that I've talked about very heavily, and I'm going to talk about it every time the subject comes up, the lessons that DeMar DeRozan is teaching in worth ethic, in actual stuff on the court, in, in going out and working out and transforming your body in, in confidence for Io, uh, Patrick Williams, hopefully for Dalen Terry as well, are things that all the just, they're going to pay dividends so much further in the future. And it absolutely feels great to have a player like DeMar DeRozan choose the Chicago Bulls to wear that Bulls jersey, to inherit the ghost of MJ, as he says, and to take that on his shoulders, bear it willingly, willingly, and hopefully. One thing that I, in talking to my dad about that interview, like hopefully him saying that makes other players realize, no, wait, were we afraid of the legacy of MJ? No, let's go live out. Let's try to live up to that legacy that MJ, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Robin brought to this Bulls team. Let's try to live up to that. Let's try to bring a championship back to Chicago. 
hopefully other players see that and want to do that same thing hopefully and we'll see we'll see what, what what dividends it pays off for this team for this franchise and for the culture for years and years to come and guess what we'll, we'll recover it right here on chicago bulls central but that is it for today thank you for everyone that left a voicemail if you want to follow the show you can do so at bull central pod you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns bullcentralpod at gmail.com lastly if you want to leave a text and a voicemail like you heard on today's show the number to do so 773-270-2799 we are the number one spot for everything chicago bulls related because of you guys you guys are the best part of this platform like i like to end everything on go bulls love you guys peace y'all this has been a presentation of the break break media, break, break, media.